0: Hi, this is David Vincent. And I'm the superintendent of schools for the Wiley Independent School District, and I'm joined by my co-host,
1: Amanda Martin. Hi, I am the director of counseling services in the Wiley Way, and welcome to the Achieving Kids podcast. This is a conversation featuring experts and subjects related to raising happy, successful children in today's world.
0: On each broadcast, parent guests will join in and provide their perspective on current trends and issues our kids face in school, society, and at home
1: is to provide a better understanding of how the decisions we make help promote the best interests of our kids and community.
0: We will tackle big subjects, entertain different viewpoints, but the focus will always be on equipping you with the strategies that will help them become Achieving Kids. Welcome to Achieving Leaders. And actually, this is Achieving Kids podcast. We're taking care of Mix a few things
2: up. <laughs>
0: because when you're here, we want to make sure that we take full advantage of everything, Dr. Jamison. So... This is actually a webcast and it's live right now. Oh, okay. We're and live. what we do oh. with our uh, <laughs> principals that are along in Wiley and actually across.
2: Got about uh, 500 administrators across the nation that tune in at any given moment to watch us have genuine, authentic conversations about how to help leaders who want to grow and better themselves. Awesome. So, well, welcome thanks
0: <laughs> yeah and we're glad that dr jameson's here with us for those of you who don't know dr kelly jameson is a t- psychologist that is renowned in the process of really helping kids understand grief understand all these different things that social things and that's why we brought her in today because it's going to be really helpful for us to talk about so- their their social emotional wellness and having that balance uh and today because we've had a couple of things happen and you're not you're aware of uh to talk about hand- how to handle grief amber and so any thing we need to take care of before we get going. Well,
2: just again, as a reminder, one of the ways that we make sure that this page populates to all of the leaders across the nation, that genuinely is how um, it gets pushed out to people who have like interests, similar interests, is if you let us know where you're from, where you're watching, like the page, comment on the page, interact, engage. Um, If you ask a question to live today, we do have our Vanna behind the scenes over there that'll let us know. So you are always welcome. We do want it to be a two-way street. And that is definitely one of the ways that it helps get to other leaders who are in a smaller area that aren't necessarily with us here in Wiley, um, but we ask for that. And then if you watch it later, let us know if you're watching it later. We always jump back in. And again, all of our guests um, are able to respond to questions, respond to things, requests that you have. We upload a lot to the files here. So if there is a resource that we speak to today, remember that we'll always provide that to you as well.
0: So Amber, I'm wearing pink today. I'm wearing red today. Red is for Heart Health Month. And then I did that with picture with those guys. And then just... 100 feet from us, another is an intermediate school where we had a child pass away earlier in the week after a very long illness. And um, remembrance of that, being respectful and kind about that. I mean, Kelly, it's an important thing. And when we look at this, we wanted to kind of look at it from two different ways well, three different ways. Well, how a leader and how we talk to a leader can be a classroom teacher, a principal, but then what can we, how can we talk to our kids, and maybe parents as it relates to, you know, how do we keep them safe how do we help them in these times of grief and then does it look different from a high school principal and a elementary principal am i missing anything amanda
1: no and we wanted to start off by just asking like what is grief because like amber was telling us before we started like not every principal has had a student or staff member die from their campus and so they may have never experienced this so we wanted to kind of talk about it so can you just kind of talk about what grief is Yeah. I mean, grief's pretty simple. It's basically just your emotional
3: response to some sort of loss. Plain and simple. Yeah. Can be any kind of loss. I mean, we're talking about it today, I think, as people, but Mm -hmm. um, loss can also be your home, your dog, you know, your community. Things like that,
2: I think anything that resonates with a child, and it's important for leadership to recognize that you don't get to define what that grief should or shouldn't be, that it can be something that seems minor as a grown person, right? Yeah. Versus, yes, exactly, an adult.
0: So, one of the things that I feel is my responsibility as superintendent, and principals feel the same in their leadership roles, parents feel the same in their roles, teachers. You have two different things I look at the respect feature, which is the things I shouldn't do out of respect and the value i have for things and the responsibilities that i need to make sure that i cover when we're dealing with something like grief any ideas about how we how and what we should do about that uh for children yeah
3: yeah so you want to approach grief with kids in the same way as if they see something traumatic on the news so basically you want to sit down with them and find out where they are right so you, you can say something like so i heard you know this happened at your school. And I don't know the details of what's happened here recently, but, um, you know, did you know him or her? And then they can answer and then say, well, do you understand what happened? And then you listen to the way they answer the question to figure out where they are with understanding what happened. And then you say to them, well, it's really sad. Do you have any questions? Like what what are you worried about or what are you thinking about? Because you don't want to go in and just sort of, you know, give a monologue of, Grief, Like, you know, you might be sad. You don't want to put words in their mouth. So for kids, you really want to find out where they are and ask them questions and then only answer their question and not go overboard with your explanation of things. Because adults, we want to over talk our answers. So we (laughs) tend to say so much more than necessary. So when a child, when something like this happens for a child, you just really want to find out where they are and the understanding of it and then find out what questions they have or worries or what scares them about it. And then just answer one question at a time and then listen close your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then close your
0: mouth. <laughs> yeah, but I got so much to say. So Verdi,
3: yeah. then again, given
2: the, the couple of weeks that, that we've been having, that you've been having more so, um, how as a high schooler. Because high schoolers have have one of those, they're super resistant to talk. So when you say, "Hey, what are you thinking? What are you feeling?" I know mine was in her car, and and super resistant to having those conversations. Do you seek that out? How does a high school level, when they are able to articulate a little bit more and have some of those deeper feelings, how do you how do you draw that
3: out? Well. As a parent, I think it's important to acknowledge what happened, but to also know that adolescents are going to lean on their peers more than their parents to process loss and grief. So it's important obviously to acknowledge what happened, but then understand that they're likely gonna wanna go hang out with their friends and talk about it or be sad with their friends. Um, So the parental role I would say is less with teenagers, unless your child was really close to the student that died. And then that's probably going to take a more professional stance. Um, But otherwise, just know that teenagers, they just want to be with their peers, and they just want to sit. And also after the initial shock of a, a teenage loss happens, teenagers are very proactive with their grief. So teenagers will want to immediately organize a walk. They will want to plant a tree. They will want to you know, create a day later in the month where everyone wears yellow or something. So teenagers are very um, motivated, it seems like a weird word to use, but they want to do something with their grief. Yeah. Adults, we wanna to go to bed and throw the covers over our head. Kids want to play and continue what they're doing, but you know, they're in more internal processors. Teenagers wanna to get together, they wanna to rally,
1: they wanna organize and they wanna do something. Do you want to describe kind of what happened you had a he had a student a high school student at his campus die and so um the next day we told the staff and the students and then we saw kind of what happened next you want to talk about that oh,
4: you nailed everything that that happened at our campus we, uh but I wanted the word to come from us because at least what they want to hear is the factual stuff that happens so that the rumors don't start. And then we respond to what they do. And everything you described happened. I had kids going to cars, I I had them going to rooms. I told our people to be there and, uh, and let them talk and let them visit. And that's what they did. We, we set up a special place in the library that those kids could go. We had counselors there. And my experience over the years is they very seldom use the counselors. They yeah. just want to be together. Yeah. We had some of them go to their houses. I yeah. think some of them went to your house. And uh, and then we start hearing what they're doing. And then almost immediately, I started getting what they wanted to do. Yeah. We wore black the very next day. Mm-hmm. We uh, we have a parking space that's now reserved. It will never be driven in, re- re- used again except for him. It's his and uh, th- everything we, and, and, that's, and, and my answer to all of them is yes, you, we're going we're to let you do what you want to do.
3: Perfect.
2: Perfect. So Dr. Vincent, leadership wise, how do you step in and provide support if a leader hasn't ever experienced that before? We had Dr- uh, Mr. Williams on a couple weeks ago and so he had you side by side walking through all of that. What do you do in the example of two in one week? How do you support your leadership in trying to guide both the campus and the staff and the families?
0: All well, the way through. Like Kelly said, the first thing we don't do is have a standard answer for everything. Every circumstance is different. We've had uh, three deaths this year at, at uh, Verdi's campus. They're all different. And how you respond is you have to really lean. I, I lean on our principals that have a lot of experience. And then we all collectively work towards some sort of help and not just direct standard about what we're going to do. We try to be as transparent as we possibly can with, you know, we always talk to the, to the parents first, and we release information as they ask about the information, because, you know, that's a, some cultures are different. And and you might have some advice about that. How do you think and what have you seen as far as the best ways, as far as how leaders do this correctly and how maybe some things we shouldn't do?
3: Well, It's been my experience that most school leaders will immediately communicate with the family on the message. And then the family will have an immediate message. And then it's also been my experience that the family wants to change the message. So their immediate response, you know, while they're going through their own grief process is, they want to, they don't want this to happen to anyone else's child. So they want the message to be clear and honest. And then a few days or a week will go by And then they will contact the school and want to change the message because all of a sudden they've they've put out their like the honesty and the vulnerability of their experience. And then they pull back a little bit. That's been my experience. But either way, you still want to be in almost constant communication with the family about what they want to communicate in terms of the details.
0: And in our situation, because we feel that very same way, we try to give as generic a situation in terms of what happened and how it happened as we can unless it's obvious about some sort of car accident or those kind of things. But ultimately um, we'll get questions from kids and you talk about that because this is always what's happens in in high school elementary accepts it. And it's a very different thing, but from a high school perspective, tell me what happens when we start giving out information because it's not everything.
4: What <clears throat> the, They just don't want us to lie to them. They want us to be honest with them. They want us to be upfront with them and they don't want any secrets because uh, I've had them just, uh, coming to me and asking me do you got you got to tell this to the staff this is what's going around mm. so we want to get the information out to them as much of it as we can give so that they yeah. that they feel like they're they're not being led astray and that they're being that we're being as open and honest with them as we possibly can and if we accomplish that then, then 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 the rest of it usually falls into place
3: yeah that's great I mean I think you said it best you know there's no standard protocol mm-hmm. and that I mean that could be the message for all grief and loss in general
4: there is a downside to that. Because after it happens and a f- few times pass, then they remember the previous ones. Mm-hmm. And I get notes and things telling me, well, why didn't you do this gotcha. for this person? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And my child was upset because yes. he was friends with the person that died before. But mm-hmm. but my response to that is is that every one of them are different. And, yeah. uh, and sometimes that uh, you don't know all the details that we know and what the parents wanted. And sometimes it, the response is, because we react to what y'all did. You know, and uh, if you if there's no no push for a vigil or there's no push for whatever, then we don't go there. It's not just something we do standard. But it doesn't mean any one child is any less valued or any one yeah. child is any less important. And I always tell them, even in your own families, you know, Aunt Ethel may have only had four people at her funeral, and Uncle Bill had fifty-seven. And you never, you know, they're, they're both valuable people in your family. But everybody has their their status in life, and uh, and we go there.
0: Yep. So in our particular situation about these things, the things that we ask of our folks is to not make any immediate decisions about how things work. And so we need to bounce this off a group of people that have been through it before. That's always the way we walk through what we do in a situation. And then we want to have a a response that's collective, that's thoughtful. And if it has to take a few more minutes or a few more hours, we're going to do that.
2: Can you talk through what exactly, how that went down? Because I think that the way it's handled from the top all the way down for a district, if you are looking at a siloed campus that that may not be as large as ours, yeah. how did you communicate and let that message pass all the way through to get from your call and handling the family to the way that Verdi was able to, and the tools that you provided um, for for his team to be able to move forward with that message.
0: Ours is always really proactive because they all know that we have a system that we're gonna that we're and so we always talk to counselors because we're just saying this is fixing to happen, and so we get our counseling response team in place and if you don't have a counseling response team even if you're your own principal you need to have to know who are those people and what you're going to do as far as they're aware you're aware and there's context about the abc123 but what's going to happen the next thing is we're going to go talk and to law enforcement about or any particular situation and say is there things any things that we can't say or shouldn't say yeah because you know a criminal investigation is a criminal investigation and i'm not talking about one particular case i'm just talking about any situation and you, it might be this or that or a kid you know you know passes away in their home or whatever you don't know and um the other thing is is that we're really careful about not contacting the parent immediately and trying to work through some sort of person that's going to have to help we had a situation where there's a student that passed away one of these campuses where he um our campus that he she passed away in her home and um in her sleep and they the coroner has to actually go and work through that and, and the body is in the home and the parents are dealing with that so there's an appropriate time and not to go visit but unless you know that you don't know that
2: because you just think to show up and want to help or be
0: and you know the old baptist casserole whatever it's going to be you know how, how it is and i usually make the wrong social mistake but we we try to be careful about those things and so and then that and then we craft the two or three things that we can say you know we have a director of communications that that, like i am that that helps us and we start organizing that and then we have that central person who's going to take care of that if you're a principal and have an assistant principal and you know that person who's going to be able to do that designate that person to do that you know and so you know that's the very front end of the, the message and there's a lot of times where we have to if it gets kind of complex don't communicate unless you know and talk to somebody who's going to be able to help you do this because you know dr Jamison probably gets tired hearing from us but the right response is the best response and you because you would clean up a mess later on the
1: right response is the best response mm-hmm. that's good stuff and for some of the districts who may not have like a bigger staff or people that can respond a lot of region service centers at least in texas have a crisis team that can respond to your campus if you let them know as well just a tip
0: so when we look at this and, you know, it's, we're a weekend or two weeks in and, you know, we're a day off or two or three off of this, this, this last campus, is there follow-up things that needs to happen at a campus or is there something we need to do with a child that that helps them deal with that?
3: Well, you just want to uh, pay attention to the, the closest friends to the student who died. Obviously you want to have eyes on that group consistently for up to a year A lot of times I'll have patients in therapy who, you know, their freshman or sophomore year, whatever, just crumbled. And as we trace it back, it was a loss within the year and everything just fell apart, but it was very subtle. And they may not even be aware that that's what it was, but the grief wasn't processed appropriately. And then everything starts to crumble until they end up in therapy or otherwise. And we start to trace it back and we realize, oh, it was because of that loss. Sometimes it's a year later that we're making the revelation about it. But in terms of grief, um, you know, there's not like standard protocol, but the research does tell us that the six week mark following a loss is the hardest for the family and for those closest around. Because after six weeks, Mm -hmm. the cards have stopped, the casseroles have stopped, the flowers have stopped, people have moved on. But for the people who feel the loss the greatest, the six week mark tends to be where they sort of emotionally hit rock bottom. So kind of circle that week on the calendar following the losses and make sure that you're checking in with those friends and family members who are closest.
4: And see that, excuse me, the day-to-day running of the school has been an issue in my mind too, getting things back to normal yeah. for mm-hmm. the rest of the kids. We've been, we were doing that on a gradual basis and, and uh, this has been a whole week. So Monday, we're hoping that we can get, we'll start looking more like what we're used to seeing environment wise as well.
3: And a lot of kids will appreciate that. You know, they want the routine and they want to come to school and just have the structure. And it provides a reprieve from all the emotionality that they feel outside of school. And that goes with family members of those that lost people. You know, I've had students who they want to come to school and they don't want to talk about it. They just want to go to English, they just want to go to math, and then other kids will want to come to school and that is their emotional support system, and they want to tap into that. So if you're a school counselor, or if you're a principal checking in with family members um, of students who have died, you, you just want to ask them, like, is this a place where you want to come and just do school? Or is this a place where you want to come and you want teachers to, you know, check on you and put their hand on you and, and sort of do a check-in. And it's important to ask that because some students, they won't tell you, right? Because they won't tell you. So if the adults just check in with those students and say, do you want us to check in with you or do you not? I think that's a really good first step for um, those teachers and counselors that are in contact with those kids coming back.
1: That made me think of two things. So you kind of mentioned that it looks different for everybody. And I think some people have a, Misconception because they've all heard of the stages of grief yeah. where they think they go through every stage yeah. and every stop. So can you address that? Sure. And then also a lot of adults, I think it's just a, a fear that they don't know what to say or don't know what to do because they're not a professional counselor. Can you just speak to that? Also? Sure. Yeah. So, um, so the five
0: stages
3: of grief are, um, shock, sadness, anger, bargaining acceptance. And they don't go in that order. Um, they can show up, you know, you can be really angry right away, or you can jump right to the bargaining phase right away. So those are just the five stages, but they're in no specific order. Um, people always ask me like, what's the timetable yes. of these things? Uh, and there is no timetable.
0: But I want one. Yeah, you I, want, I would, you want that one. That would be so good to if yeah. I could keep it on the schedule. And it yeah.
3: doesn't happen that way. And then in terms of what not to say, you know, grief kind of freaks people out. It does. It freaks people out. Um, so it's pretty simple. You really just want to acknowledge their loss and say, I'm so sorry. Things that they don't want to hear are, um, they're in a better place. Mm -hmm. Um, something about angels or God needing some sort of extra angel this week, you know, something about angels, um, tends to not be helpful to people. Mm, Um,
0: I didn't know that. Yeah, I've not said that, but
3: well, then well, it puts people in a bad place because they're like, well, why did God have to take my, why did He take mine to be an angel, you know? And then they start to like question the God thing, and then it just just puts them in a situation that they don't want to be in. They got enough going on to worry about, like right trumping God's needs. You right. know what I mean? Yes. So any sort of talk about angels is probably not helpful um, or anything about them being in a better place or, you know, this, these things happen for a reason or at least something fill in the blank. All of those are just awful Let things to say. me tell you what say. mine
4: is. I play tennis. Yes. And if I kick off on the tennis courts, yes. I don't want it said at my funeral that he died doing what he wanted to do. Because if I'd have known I was going to die playing tennis that day, I wouldn't have played.
0: Right. Makes sense. much, yeah. Montgomery. Thank you very much for that. So I want to ask this question. There are people that when I, I've talked to a few kids and they say, he didn't know that person who died. And they have acted like they were their best friends. Yeah. This happens with adults, too. And they attach themselves to grief. Is there a better way than not to handle that? Because it hurts the other kids. Yeah. But I mean.
3: Yes. Well, there's really, you know, grief is not proprietary. Right, so anyone can feel grief or loss. And some people like their emotional intelligence, they're just more affected by watching other people suffer. So it's not, there's really no rules about it, you know, and that's really not fair to say, well, she didn't really know why she's so upset. So people have different emotional ranges, which are gonna show up in life at all different parts. It's the same way some people ball at a graduation and some people do not, right? Like we all just have different emotional ranges. So, (laughs) And actually, you know, there was a lot of pushback in the press with the Kobe Bryant death. You know, people saying, why is this? Why are you so upset? Like you didn't even know this person. But it's not about knowing or not knowing a celebrity or the student that died. It's just about our own personal response to loss. So
1: we do also see that kids um, have loss in their own lives that some people don't know about. So they may not have known the person that died, but it brought up a whole host of things yes exactly so we're tagging
2: this along with because you guys do this regularly as a podcast for parents correct amanda Mm -hmm. so then tagging and combining those two groups together which is what we're doing here today (laughs) what as a parent can you say when your teen comes to you with hey i don't know how to help her or hey she's really still upset or she didn't even know her what are the best things as a parent that you can help help them process that um, just to help them move through that stage. Because again, we're talking about seniors. They're not going to be here in a year. They're going to be scattered yeah, all over the place alone. And I know for, again, my senior, my fear was that this wasn't going to be handled now. And then in some dark deep moment in six months from now, it's going to come yeah. back up and you're not going to be anybody that can help you.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's okay to say, you know, grief is different for everyone. You know, grief is a very personal experience. I always tell people, you know, culturally we are terrible at grief we avoid it at all costs. I mean, even when someone dies, you know, it's like about a week, 10 day turnaround between the death, the funeral, the burial, like our American culture is terrible at processing grief. So I think it's okay to just say all those things to teenagers. You know, grief looks different on everyone. There's no rules around grief. People's grief is their own personal business. So just to reiterate Sort of the language around grief, about it being no rules, no protocol, no timeline, everyone's sadness is valid, whether how, you know, they knew them or not, how close they were or not. Just to reiterate, because you're messaging to your teen that, um, you know, don't, don't, judge, don't judge or shame anyone into how they're feeling.
2: Everything she says, I want to write
3: down.
0: You know, one of the things I can't that, that we're. We'll, I know. <laughs> no. But one of the things we might be able to do is kind of back, go back and review this. We actually have um, started this, and, and Ian's been helping us with. We are, we're creating some protocols with regard to how we communicate with letters and how we're going to communicate with systems that allow us to do that. Maybe we can kind of include that when we get to that point. Because even letters and systems and processes are different. You know, but as you have just pointed out, number one, don't judge. And I want to get to the end of whatever it is because I want to get back to normal. I don't want to talk about it. And I really just think everybody else should feel that same way. And I know it's not. So I have other people that help me with this. Uh, the second thing is, is that to be really careful about what you do say to make sure that it's, uh, it hits the right tone and, and know who your audience is. Cause it's eventually going to get back to a mama or a daddy who just lost their baby. And then, uh, your idea of support necessarily isn't everybody everybody's idea. Uh, their idea of support, because again, you know, some people want want everything, and some people might want nothing. But
2: and you gave you gave a script to teachers, right? I think that's also something that was really critical and important, so that the same message, Amanda, can you kind of talk through what right. that looked
1: like? So, I mean, w- it. We do not have an expectation that every teacher in Wiley should know what to say yeah. in this time. Sometimes they're hearing it the same morning they're telling the kids in their school. So that's a lot. That's a big load. Um, especially the teachers of the students who who, who, ha- who had the kid that died. That's like even more. So typically in that situation, we would send a counselor to go to the room of the teacher who actually had the kid in class. And we ask them if they would rather read it or if you want the counselor to step in. For everyone else, we also want the same message going out. So no one is texting their friends in the other room saying this, this, and this. So um, it's it's a script with information that is what we're allowed to say in the moment, but also to be clear to everyone what we know and what we can communicate. Um, because sometimes the kids know them and sometimes they don't. And we take that by case by case basis. We've been talking a lot about like school-wide tragedies, you know, where a, a student might be more high profile, I guess, in the school, a senior, you know, they've been there a long time. But you mentioned something a while ago that made me think, Sometimes kids have a personal tragedy. No one in the school knows. Something's different about the kid at school. And because it's personal, a lot of times their family doesn't tell the school or doesn't tell the school counselor. But as a former school counselor, it really is helpful to know. Um, Not to spread it around, but just to have extra eyes. And I know you can't, like, make parents say anything, but any tips or advice for families on communicating with the school?
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm an advocate of telling the school whenever the family's going through like death, divorce, moving, any of the sort of big time losses, um, just because there's at least one adult on that campus that that child feels personally connected to Mm -hmm. that can be helpful in a way that a parent cannot because a lot of times children will protect the parent by not sharing their grief because they know the parent is also grieving and that's just a child's loyalty to parents and they protect them so they won't show them how much they are grieving but if the school knows and there's that connection or attachment to someone at school it can be really therapeutic for that child. There's somebody at the school that that child feels personally connected to that could step in. And I want to share a resource i know we're running out of time no it's good but um my favorite one is called what's your grief and they're on all social media and you know because a lot of times if you google some grief websites it's sort of like this flowers and it's like sort of this outdated really? arena grief yeah grief is
0: i'll just avoid it
3: okay, okay i'll talk to this, this group over okay. here so, so like some grief resources are really um I don't know like water lilies you know what I mean it It feels very outdated but anyway what's your grief they're on all social media outlets is a really sort of modernistic you know helps kids and teens and young adults understand their feelings and process and I just love it so if you want to add that to your notes on the, the show or something what's your grief is a great resource teenagers love it and it's it speaks to them in a way that's helpful
1: and because you're truly a professional counselor and this is like what you actually do for a living, when what's your recommendation on, okay, I think this kid or parent or whoever needs professional counseling, like needs extra than what their support system at home or at school can provide? Yeah, that's just when they're dysregulated more days than
3: they're not. Okay. So that's just, they can't control or manage their own emotions and it's getting in the way of their day-to-day functionality
0: so when we look at all this i think the biggest thing is if you're do you do need counseling and if you're in the dfw area and your kid let's take, go back to this personal level you know i have recommended dr jamison to a lot of folks because you know it's not about being sick or having this it's really kind of good we always talk about this in our other when she's been with us all year is to say you know it's nice to have someone especially if it's senior to, to have a conversation that's not with the mom and dad Because, as you say, we think that they're beautiful and wonderful and make straight A's, and sometimes they don't value any of that. And someone else can validate or or verify or make sure they confront something they need to confront that's not us. Absolutely. So we're going to encourage you to do that, and we'll leave Dr. Jamison's contact information. I'll also say this. The best staff development we've ever done uh, that hits home with our teachers, Amber, all of y'all, is is having Dr. Jamison come and speak uh, because she provides a lot of stuff to your staff even with regard to where their social emotional wellness is because the key factor is i've got y'all healthy everything else gonna be all right if not then we're going to be dealing with a mess and so man thanks for being with us as always thanks Uh, for having me and uh, if there is other questions ideas or concerns that you might have uh, please let us know welcome to do this again uh when when we need it but i appreciate all of you guys uh, and uh, our efforts to help kids achieve and help you as a leader to achieve as well
2: we'll be back next week Regularly scheduled time. We're
0: going to be back to a regular. uh, We are sorry. No one's in Austin next week. It's going to be great.
2: (laughs) So Wednesday is 150. We'll see you
0: next week. Thanks.